0: Warning, this episode contains some graphic descriptions. Maybe don't eat while you're listening, or maybe play it for your kids right before bed just to see what happens. I don't know, dear listener. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Two and a half hours southeast of Salt Lake City, in a remote part of Utah, sits Skinwalker Ranch. We don't exactly know when its legend began but for decades, it's been the site of a real monster mash of sightings. UFOs, phantoms, giant unkillable wolves, they all dance here. In the 90s, someone started calling the place Skinwalker Ranch, after a Navajo term often used to describe malefic healers who can transform into animals. I'm sure the Diné just loves some spooky ranch naming itself after their culture. Thomas Winterton is from the area. He grew up knowing all the stories. He'd even take his dates there as a young man to scare them a bit. He's a tough-looking guy who dresses like a country singer in a music video. Nice boots, a studded cowboy hat, and a belt to match. He didn't take the legends seriously. Winterton was working on the ranch in 2017.
1: I was in the process of doing some pretty... Severe excavation, the previous scientist has said it's a bad idea to dig, don't dig on the ranch. I this is stupid. It was during the same time frame that, that I suffered my injury. I had a really sore spot on the back of my head, down towards kind of where my neck meets into my, my skull. When I woke up the next morning, that sore spot had turned into a goose egg. And it hurt really bad. So much that the touch just made me cringe. And I thought, huh, I must have gotten bit by an insect. I became very nauseous, started experiencing some vertigo. My wife suggested, maybe we ought to take you in and have you looked at. And I was like, no, it's just a spider bite. Let it run its course, it'll be fine. That bump started to spread, I had fluid that was between my scalp and my skull. And because it was so so tight, it had no place to go.
0: By Tuesday morning, so three days since the issue started,
1: my scalp had separated and the fluid had pushed all the way up to where there was a very clear, well-defined purple line across my forehead, about half an inch above my eyes. My wife screamed and she was like, you're going to the hospital right now. The doctor came in, he could tell right away that I was not doing well, but he was kind of lighthearted and like, oh, you know, we've seen some skin infections and stuff recently, I'm sure that's all it is. And so he ordered that my labs be done. They came in and drew blood, put a needle into my scalp and drew some of the fluid out I was pretty delirious at this point. I remember when he came in the second time, the look on his face told me that it wasn't a skin infection. During the whole time I was in the ER, it just continued to spread. It separated everything except for just right around my eyes. Days went by. He says the doctors
0: performed around four dozen different tests. They consulted with medical teams around the country.
1: Every time he would order a test, and the test would come back, he would walk in and tell me that I was the healthiest sick person he'd ever seen. The fluid that they pulled out of my head was completely sterile. They couldn't even figure out where it came from, let alone how it got there.
0: Eventually, Winterton says the doctors drained this mysterious fluid. That seemed to help. I cannot confirm every detail Winterton tells us, dear listener. But I have seen some of his medical reports, and I've seen the images of his skull and the layer of fluid separating his skin from the bone. Whatever it was, it came and went.
1: First, I was in complete denial that it was even related to the ranch. We had some pretty high-level individuals that took notice of it and uh, opened up an investigation. Uh, I'll just be blunt. Some of the things that have come out of that are so disturbing that I'm still trying to come to grips with some of it myself.
0: I'm MJ Benias. From something else, this is Fringe Network, Alien State. Transmission 3. Say a Prayer. In order to understand what led two career civil servants to defect and go public with the fighter pilot videos, we need to take a look at the larger governmental weird shit ecosystem the other things it was funding at the time, which means, dear listener, it's time to take a trip to a creepy older brother up to the stars, Skinwalker Ranch. Okay,
2: we are rolling. Excellent.
0: My producer, Casey, and I are driving along US-191 in a rental car.
2: I'm excited to be here for the first time.
0: I have to be honest, there are UFO and paranormal investigators and researchers out there that would sell their mothers to go to Skinwalker Ranch. Shit, sorry. I almost missed the turn, but...
1: The destination
2: is on your left, Skinwalker Ranch.
0: The infamous Skinwalker Ranch. If you're part of the weird shit world, you know about this ranch. Its legend extends almost as far as Area 51. In the early 2000s, this place was one of the sites of a government-funded study into the paranormal, the supernatural. We're just pulling up to the border of the ranch. After the last GPS direction, the paved road turns into a dirt path. A sign of what's to come, perhaps? I'll explain everything in due time, dear listener, despite the fact that I almost missed the turn trust that I'm driving you somewhere we need to go. For now, let us explore the ranch in its current state. This is just enjoyable. I'm just gonna roll past the uh, no trespassing sign here at Skinwalker Ranch. uh, Past the do not enter signs is a gate with cameras on top of an outpost. We're told we need to sign some waivers.
2: I feel like I just signed my soul over.
0: Yeah, if a ghost attacks you, or a wolf monster eats you, or a UFO abducts you, Can't sue Brandon Fugel. We linger around the entrance, a closed gate, waiting for the man we now can't sue, Brandon Fugel. Brandon Fugel struts over to us in his long black peacoat, black turtleneck, black slacks, black loafers. As he gets closer, you can see his thin rimmed glasses. James Spader would play him in a movie. Accompanying him is Thomas Winterton, the man whose skin separated from his skull. Yeah. He still works there.
3: Well, welcome. Hey there.
1: Oh, nice to meet you. I'm oh, Casey. I'm
0: Brandon Fugel.
3: Nice owner to meet you,
0: Fugel made his money in commercial real estate, a career of giving presentations. He has opening remarks that he would like us to record. In our discussion today as you enter the most scientifically
3: studied paranormal hotspot on the planet. It's a surreal experience, being the steward of a... Piece of property with such a storied history.
0: Um, as you can see, after a plane in. ride, a long drive, and the waivers, we are almost about to enter the property. But Fugel wants to set the stage. He tells us about the equipment he's bought: uh, thermographic imaging,
3: as as well as motion sensor um, arrays that we've invested quite a bit. And then there's one more step before the gates open. I would suggest that you say a prayer or whatever you feel appropriate in order to prepare yourself to enter a place where strange phenomena exists and occurs on a regular basis, much of which has proved to be
0: malevolent. We go to get back in our car, but Fugle isn't finished.
3: In all seriousness, when you guys get in the car, take a deep breath. I don't, again, I don't care whether someone's atheist, Jewish...
0: Maybe we seemed like heathens.
3: Satanist, Mormon, whatever your religious creed, new age, I don't care. Crystal worshipping shit, I don't care.
0: And finally, with that, the gate opens. As we start walking around the property, he points to three barely standing houses, the old homesteads. Like any decay porn, they are spooky. He tells us they're flashpoints for paranormal activity. Fugel says his mission is to gather some definitive scientific insights into the perplexing phenomena that we are told happens all the time here. How's he planning to gain those insights? Well, with the help of his crew and his top-of-the-line monitoring equipment. You see Observation Tower 1, which is
3: located within a bait pen with razor wire. Uh, this uh, haunting, uh, almost concentration camp-looking structure uh, has instrumentation that helps us monitor
0: the ongoing events and activities. Yeah, that he if really wanted to paint a picture. We make a brief pause at the helipad. It has a logo, a biohazard sign with the silhouette of an alien head scratched into the center. This helipad was constructed, obviously, to allow me and visiting dignitaries and scientists to come and go. Where does he take his dignitaries to? Once they've landed on the helipad, he takes them into the command center.
3: Come on in, guys.
0: So as we step into the command center, you see... A table. It's basically a trailer. A kitchen opening up to a sizable living room. But it's decorated like a goth boy's bedroom. Creepy pictures all over the walls. A map with red yarn connecting pins. For, for real. And of course, in the next room is all the fancy monitoring equipment. Most of it is set up to measure and capture stuff from the cameras. Fugel has poured time, attention, and clearly funds into this place it's come a long way since I last saw it. Yeah, I've been here before. I see your visit today as, as quote, the return
3: to Skinwalker Ranch. That's what it is. <laughs> as the journalist, as the, really, the global journalist that broke the story on who the secret and confidential owner was of the property that acquired it.
0: Yeah, this all happened because of me, kind of. Beginning in the early 90s, the ranch had a very public, eccentric, multi millionaire owner, Robert Bigelow. We'll talk a bit more about him later, but for now, all that's important is to understand that he was a champion and spokesman of the weird. During his ownership, the legend of Skinwalker Ranch grew. Then in 2016, he sold the property, Bigelow. He was out. Everyone wanted to know who was this new owner. What were they gonna do with the ranch? And in sensing the public more, this new owner was hiding their identity. The game was afoot. Day after day, month after month, people speculated on the new owner of the ranch. But who could solve this mystery? Me, I did. There were rumors in the UFO community, lots of speculation as to who owned the ranch. But I was the journalist who broke his identity in the press. So how'd I do it? Fast forward. Two years after the mysterious new owner took over, a documentary was made about the ranch. In it, the owner gives an interview without showing his face. But I do get two clues. He has a distinctive voice and a fancy watch. Then a photo of his private jet gets posted online, clue three. So I do what any reasonable person would do, I look up the plane's registration number on the FAA's database. It was registered to a guy named Cameron Fugle, who had a wealthy brother named Brandon. A quick Google search and I find a video of Brandon wearing the watch. I'm pretty sure I've found my eccentric multimillionaire. So I email him and ask, do you wish to comment? Why didn't you just delete it and say,
3: Yeah, you you were probing. As an investigative journalist, MJ, I, I respected that you had done your due
0: diligence. He made me an offer, an offer I and my bosses at the time at Vice agreed to. He asked me not to go public for a couple of months, and in exchange, he'd give me an exclusive, an interview, and a tour of this haunted ranch. He picked me up from the airport in his Porsche, he flew me in his helicopter, I I even got to go to the Skinwalker Ranch Christmas party, and I was given a tour of a place my buds would sell their moms to go see, with Fugle as my tour guide. Having gotten a rare exclusive, I gained insight into Fugle. It was clear, Brandon Fugle was and is a nerd. He's a sci fi geek and a collector, and he's got a colorful background funding some wacky gravitational physics project. So, when Fugel, a wealthy real estate mogul, got word that a haunted ranch might be for sale, well, he had to look into it, right? Was it a good real estate investment? Eh, maybe it could be a theme park someday? Maybe? Did he have scientific credentials to study such a place? No, but at the end of the day, wealth is its own credential. When I acquired the property, my father told me that he he felt this was
3: nothing more than a boondoggle. A waste of time. A needless
0: distraction. A waste of time? A waste of time? Owning the ranch? It's an opportunity to peer into the unknown.
3: We believe that this investigation may hold the secrets to
0: where we came from, why we're here, where we are going. It's an opportunity to show the world what a real estate mogul can do. We truly have
3: put into service what I believe to be some of the most advanced scientific equipment deployed in service to studying
0: the phenomena in history. Owning Skinwalker Ranch is an opportunity to ask the most stonery Tom DeLong level questions. Are we alone in the universe? I do not know the answer to that one, um, but I do know I'd love a milkshake. And it's time for an ad break. I hope our sponsor is an ice cream company.
1: Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up,
0: The Conspiracy Tapes. Brandon Fugel bought Skinwalker Ranch from Robert Bigelow, an out and proud believer. Here's Bigelow in an interview with 60 Minutes.
1: Is it risky for you to say in public that you believe I don't in, give in UFOs damn. and aliens?
0: I don't care. If I was casting the film version of this story, I'd get Liam Neeson to play Bigelow. To get into character, he'd grow his hair out all Einsteiny and allow himself to enjoy some danishes. He'd be perfect. Robert Bigelow's work at Skinwalker Ranch is an important piece of the federal interest in the paranormal puzzle and helps us understand how a company like To the Stars came to be. Let's dive in.
2: And tell you that that ranch has had a history of
3: sightings and encounters with people for going on 50 years that we know of.
0: Bigelow made his fortune inventing a laser to attach to the heads of hammerhead sharks. (laughs) Just kidding. He made his fortune with a chain of low-budget extended-stay apartments called Budget Suites of America back in the 80s. This was so lucrative that eventually he funded his own aerospace company. So when this wealthy man reads a local paper in the early 90s and learns about a ranch where giant wolves were shot by a high-caliber gun and did not die, oh, and there's saucer sightings, oh, and there's some poltergeist shit, well, he thinks, I want to do the mash, the Monster Mash. And where do people who do the Monster Mash go to chat? Good evening, everyone. You're in the right place at the right time. This is Coast to Coast AM. Coast to fucking Coast AM.
2: All right, it was a newborn calf. It had been born only about 12 hours before.
0: The story Bigelow is about to tell is a classic piece of eerie lore that helped establish the ranch as a hotspot for paranormal activity. It's a story with little evidence, but he delivers it as if a full forensic team see aside the place. So a healthy baby cow was born. When the ranchers come back to check on it a little later.
2: They saw that the calf was uh, spread out on the ground,
3: spread-eagle type and fashion. And basically all that was left of the animal was the hide and hooves and head and some backbone
2: and rib cage.
0: Bigelow says the animal had been drained. There wasn't a drop of blood in sight and the surrounding area was dry. On a different radio program, in a different telling, this could have led to an investigation. A whodunit. And how'd they do it? Surely there's a reasonable explanation. But Bigelow and company see it as evidence of the supernatural. Bigelow is a compelling spokesperson for the ranch. Word spreads. In 2005, a book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, drops. And it's huge in the UFO world. It's being read, like all the small things, is getting played at bar and bat mitzvahs. And this book grabs the attention of a nuclear scientist working in the Defense Intelligence Agency, James Lekatzky. After reading Hunt for the Skinwalker, Lekatsky in 2007, wrote to Bigelow, asking to visit the ranch. The purpose of the visit, he wrote, was to... Develop a strategy on how my office can characterize the potential threat aspects of the phenomena encountered in your research efforts. Yeah, smooth talker. Bigelow decides to go for it, and the nuclear scientist gets the golden ticket and heads to Skinwalker Ranch. In the summer of 2007, when he lands up at the ranch, would you believe it, he sees something weird.
2: And then this object appears floating in the kitchen.
0: This is Lakatsky testifying before the Senate committee of the Otherworldly. <laughs> Just kidding. This is him on Coast to Coast talking about government business in 2021.
2: It was about 18 inches tall, 18 inches wide.
0: He said it looked like a Mobius strip, a solid light yellow flattened loop with a twist in it, and a different colored yellow cloud around it. Once again How do you describe what you can't make sense of?
2: And that was it. There's nothing that dramatic about it.
0: Not dramatic, but the Defense Intelligence Agency, or as the cool kids call it, the DIA, decides only a few months later to fund a $22 million secret program to investigate the ranch further. If strange happenings were happening, the government was interested, interested enough to throw money at it.
2: We were the only game in town I would say from 2008 through 2012.
0: The DIA funded this paranormal program in 2008. Cool, right? Program exploring this haunted ranch, tax dollars at work. Okay, dear listener, who here has their note cards in order, tacked up on a wall and can tell me what crucial event happened in 2008? Anyone? So I showed up
3: and and uh, I met the, the, the OSAP director at the time. And that's when he, he asked me the question, what I thought about UFOs.
0: Remember Lou Elizondo from Last Transmission, the soldier who worked his way up to a desk job, the one who met with the mysterious director? Highly intelligent individual, very no-nonsense, and, and just a decent, good human being, just, just a good person. He was very committed to it. The director was James Lekatsky, the same guy who visited Skinwalker Ranch. Let's take a look back at our cork board and put our note cards in order. How one event leads to the next. So imagine a picture of Lekatsky on the ranch. An orb and a calf carcass behind him in the fields. Next to that is a note card that says 2007. Red string shoots down from Lekatsky's picture to an image of Elizondo in his office hammering away on his typewriter when he gets recruited. The note card says 2008. The string leads us to Elizondo and a crystal martini glass-wielding Chris Mellon talking to fighter pilots about the flying Tic Tacs taunting them. The note card says 2015 to 2016. Right below this picture are two images. The first is a sad Mellon and Elizondo sitting at a table, recently rejected by Mad Dog Mattis. 2016-ish. Sad, really but behind them is a tattooed guy with a guitar strapped to his back climbing in through a window. Follow a short piece of string over to an image of Melon on bass, Semivan on drums, Elizondo on the tambourine, and Tom DeLong on guitar jamming out in front of the New York Times building, having just delivered the fighter pilot videos. The note card reads, 2017. It all started with Robert Bigelow hyping up Skinwalker Ranch, catching Lekatsky's attention and setting the whole thing in motion. A newborn calf is supposedly mutilated by unknown forces and unidentified aerial phenomena making incursions into protected airspace. Very different mysteries. And yet, they're connected. This brings us back to Brandon Fugel, the current owner of Skinwalker Ranch.
3: I was going to be you know, approaching the ranch with a new set of eyes
0: and with scientific rigor. When Fugel bought the ranch from Bigelow in 2016, he made it clear that he wasn't a believer and was going to be doing things differently. Bigelow had worked with the government, the feds.
3: Mr. Bigelow and his chief scientist, Dr. Colm Kelleher, you know, they'd mentioned and disclosed that the ranch had become the center of gravity for a Pentagon funded black budget program, investigating the UFO phenomenon, cattle mutilations, orbs, other high strangeness.
0: We'll learn all about what Bigelow spent his government dollars on in the next transmission. But as the ranch's successor, Fugel and his crew were determined they were going to do it better than those Pentagon dorks, much better. We picked up the conversation later on at dinner. Uh, We are at a restaurant and sitting at a table that I'm worried is about to buckle under the weight of the shrimp cocktail Fugel ordered. I I believe that the best results come from the private sector.
3: If you want execution, if you want innovation, do you think of the government?
0: (laughs) Hell no. Fugel, who identifies with libertarianism, believes that innovation comes from the private sector, from real estate moguls. Of course, the government didn't come up with impressive findings.
3: If you have the best evidence and the best documentation and the best program dealing with
0: these topics, which I believe we do, all of these other things are really interesting sideshows. In fact, he's not really that impressed with the fighter pilot videos. We have better videos. So what does the current Skinwalker crew have that is so amazing? Delongs to the stars and the government guys. Are they the main event? Or is present day Skinwalker Ranch, the place that spawned a $22 million government program, is that the main attraction or a sideshow? All I know for sure, dear listener, is that I'd love another shrimp cocktail. And it's time for an ad break.
3: Post Malone was here. He drank an entire case of, uh, what
0: was that, Bud Light?
1: Yeah.
2: What was he doing here?
0: Uh, he was doing an investigation oh. for a day. Post Malone is another man known for partying, who's made a lot of hits despite critics hating on him. Following in the path of a predecessor, Tom DeLonge. It's nature at work.
3: And he he really exhibited a surprising degree of knowledge
0: and sincere interest. Since my 2020 exclusive with Fugel published, the ranch has had a show on History Channel documenting their investigations. What has happened? Well, their batteries have drained during experiments. Temperatures seem to have dropped. And attempts to document always seem to go awry. If I were in charge at Skinwalker Ranch, along with setting up impressive monitoring equipment, I would invest in a team of outside experts from a third party who don't have a vested interest in the ranch. Physicists, scientists, what about graduate students, shit, undergrads? This is frontier
3: science at its best. And frontier science calls for an unconventional approach at times. You have to throw convention out the window and caution to the
0: wind. We were told efforts to bring in researchers have been made. But as of November 2021, it was still a small crew who worked there.
1: And my oldest son sat me down, and he just looked me right square in the eye and said, Dad, is it worth it? And that that about broke my heart.
0: This is Thomas Winterton again. Despite what happened in 2017, he's still working on Fugles Ranch.
1: Now that something's happened to me out here, it's very personal. I'm still alive, so if we can understand the science behind it, that might help advance things as well. I might as well be in the middle of the investigation, lending my experiences. The more data we can put in the pot, the better the chance we have of figuring this out. Staff at the
0: ranch described other strange happenings. Mysterious voices they heard speaking to them. Orbs they say that follow them home. Stuff the equipment doesn't capture. But makes for one hell of a story. Take, for instance, this one experience we were told about. I want some ambient music here. Let's set the mood, dear listener. One early morning in the winter, an employee was at their home, miles away from the ranch. They were trying to get some sleep when they kept being notified that the security cameras were picking up movement and activity. This movement wasn't outdoors. It wasn't just some deer setting off the motion-detecting cameras. No, it was inside the command center. Alert after alert. Finally, it's gone off enough that they're like, screw it. They get out of bed and decide to go watch the surveillance cameras on their home computer and figure out what is triggering these alerts. Hours pass, the sun rises, and they don't see anything moving on the feed. But still, there's an alert after an alert after an alert. Eventually. We're told that this person shouts something along the lines of, If you have something to show me, show me. If you have something to tell me, tell me. Now remember, they're in their house, miles away from the ranch. And they are yelling at their computer monitor. Just then, the video feed starts to become all distorted. Just like in the movies. They click around, and the other cameras monitoring the rest of the property are fine. But this one, every time they click back, the image is distorting, scrambling. Now, what would you do in this situation, dear listener? Scream a shrill scream and then hide under the covers? No, you'd screen grab. Document, screen grab, screen grab, screen grab. Take pictures of this weird distortion as fast as possible. And eventually, you'd then look at what your screen grab captured. At this point, me, my producer, and my editor, who wormed his way onto this trip, were handed a piece of paper. We all looked at this distorted image, trying to find a signal in the noise. Is there a spelling oh, on this? Spell? Oh, yeah, L I. Oh, living. Oh my God, it says living. I it.
2: Yeah.
0: The video feed for this particular camera has a label: trailer living room. In the screenshot of the distorted feed, those words now spell out, I living. After hours of watching the monitors and receiving these alerts, after demanding that whatever is setting off these alerts speak up about what it wants, a screen grab had managed to spell out what looked like a message. Yeah, spooky. Trailer living room becomes I living. What would you do with that? Think about how it changed your perception of the universe. What if you believed you were communicating with something that wants you to know it's here and alive? To live amongst so many signs, yearning for concrete proof, how much of yourself would you give to the quest?
2: I'm rolling right now.
0: After meeting Fugle at the ranch, we went to his office in Salt Lake City. So we drove back. And met him at his office. So my office has a, a
3: very unique collection of everything from movie props, rare books, artifacts,
0: pieces of history that you won't find anywhere else. He showed us his memorabilia, a 300-pound full-size Terminator replica, an outfit worn by Bruce Willis in the film Unbreakable, the black suit worn by Keanu Reeves in John Wick 3 which I absolutely love. It's just a, it's a ballet of blood. Um, <laughs> it's so beautifully done. Look, if I had the John Wick suit, I'd definitely show it to everyone. But we were hoping to learn more about him when he was a young man. Fugel spent time in Hawaii on a Mormon mission trip. He was living with his mission friend, a guy named Bryant Arnold. We were sitting there
3: in the middle of a very hot humid day. This huge cockroach was crawling up the wall. It was probably about, oh, I don't know, three and a half, four inches long, which is huge with huge wings. It was kind of red crawling up the wall of our rat hole apartment. And I was bored and he was broke. He had had already spent his monthly allotment. as a missionary on various items. And I said, look, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you $50 if you grab that cockroach off the wall and you eat it while it's alive. So he stands up and he goes to grab it. And I said, okay, before you do so, a couple of conditions. Number one, you have to chomp it. I have to visibly see you chomp it with your teeth. I want you to see you chomp this live cockroach. Second condition, you need to swallow it dry. No water. You need to cram that down your throat. And he said, fine, I'll do it. Pulls it off the wall begins chomping it, crams it down his throat in agony. You can see he's agonizing over this. And then finally, he was smiling and raising his arms in victory. And I said, ah, not so fast. You haven't kept the deal. And he looked at me, he said, what the hell are you talking about? And I said, ah, in the middle of your two front teeth, you have a wing that still hasn't gone down, that's sticking out. And he proceeded to swallow that wing that had been caught between his teeth. I'll tell you, it was the best
0: $50 I've ever spent in my life. Well, shit. I truly hope that the cockroach chewing isn't a metaphor for how Brendan Fugel is going to usher in a paradigm-shifting new dawn of human discovery. Fugel is an interesting cat. He invests in oddities, boondoggles, as his father says. Things like strange gravitational technology and, yeah, paranormal ranches. I think he does have a genuine desire to get to the bottom of it all, the universe that is, but we can't overlook the fact that, like his collectibles and toys, he also thinks it's pretty cool and fun. Dear listener, early on in this episode, I told you to trust me, and I can and will steer us down the right path but I don't pretend to know where it'll take us or how we will feel when we arrive. So let's park the car and talk this over. Fugel is investigating the mysteries of the universe with his team. They're conducting frontier science by their own definition and on their own terms. Fugel bought the ranch from a guy who had studied the otherworldly for years, but with the help of the federal United States government. The U.S. government actually funded a real-life X-Files. Did they discover the truth that's out there? Coming forward for the first time is a former agent who investigated the phenomena. All for this secretive government program.
3: You guys don't mind going in the bathroom real quick? Go ahead. No all of us so we can strip down, make sure there's no covert mics or audio video recording devices or anything like that.
0: Aliens State is hosted by me, MJ Benias. It's reported by me and Casey Georgie. Produced by Casey Georgie. Our associate producer is Stephanie Aguilar. Written by Grant Irving, Casey Georgie, and myself. Editing by Lizzie Jacobs and Megan Dietry. Fact-checking by Matt Giles. Our production coordinator is Lily Hambly. Music by Nolan Schneider. Sound design by Grant Irving and Sam Baer. Engineering by Sam Baer. Our executive producers are Grant Irving, Lizzie Jacobs, Tom Koenig, and Anthony LaPay. Special thanks to Pallavi Kotamasu, Steve Ackerman, Charlie Yador, and Danielle Jones-Wesley. Thanks to our legal team, Nimra Azmi and Alison Shari for Davis Wright Tremaine.